they're saying when you open your eyes, there are black people who are making great country music. Why are we not letting them in? Why? Are, what is the holdup? But it's a excitingly strange time in country music right now. But we're super, super glad and honored to be a part of the conversation. Welcome to another summer tour edition of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living Magazine, and today I'm joined by the country vocal trio Chapel Heart. Named to CMT's Next Women of Country in 2021, sisters Danica Hart, Devin Hart, and their cousin Tree Swindle have made serious waves in Nashville with fun songs like Jesus and Alcohol and You Can Have Him Jolene. These women know how to have a good time, whether they're hanging out with their 108 cousins or doing a podcast. The group sat down with me to talk about their childhood in Poplarville, Mississippi, busking in New Orleans, their latest album, The Girls Are Back in Town, and much, much more. Well, Chapel Heart, welcome to Biscuits and Jam. Hello. (laughs) So Chapel Heart is made up of three very talented people, Danica Hart, Devin Hart, and Tree Swindle. So why don't... Each of y'all say hi and tell me what your favorite Southern dessert is. Oh, I'll go first. <laughs> I'm Devin, and my favorite Southern dessert has to be pecan pie. Oh, yeah. I'm Danica, and I feel like my favorite dessert, and it's probably because I had it the other day, but strawberry shortcake, and it was incredible. <laughs> So I'm going to go with strawberry shortcake. <laughs> I'm Tree, and I have to say my favorite Southern dessert, I don't think it's just a dessert. That's so constricting because you can just eat it as a meal, but it has to be bread pudding. Ooh. Oh. Rum salt. Oh, rum it's got to be a rum salt. <laughs> have you tried it with a whiskey sauce? Ooh, no. Oh, I don't get to it. What about a bourbon bread pudding? <laughs> <laughs> you just trying to get sauce. <laughs> Well, y'all, it's always a good idea to start with dessert. So I think we're off to a good start. It's literally (laughs) the method of my life. (laughs) So where am I reaching y'all right now? Right now we are home in New Orleans. We've been home for a couple of days and we'll head out tomorrow to get back on the road. That must be nice. Trying to take a breather before we have to run again. So Danica, what is it that y'all love the most about New Orleans? I think... Mississippi and New Orleans, hands down, is the food. And we travel so much and we go so many places. And when we're gone too long, we start asking our tour manager, okay, so how long till we get home? We got to count out. And it's nothing like the food back at home. We thought Mississippi's food was amazing. And then we got to Louisiana. It was like, bam, 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 spice. And the Cajun food was like, woo. My favorite part about New Orleans is the people. It's a melting pot. It's so many different kinds of kinds of people. And you get to meet so many interesting characters along the way. And everybody, for the most part, is crazy like us. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. What about you, Tree? Well, I was actually over here contemplating whether I was going to say the food or the people. I just like the people and the food and the people who make the food. Especially. There you go. <laughs> Her real favorite people, the chefs here. So I don't talk to a lot of country artists in New Orleans, and 
I don't really think of New Orleans as a country town, but y'all seem to have found a home there. Do you feel inspired by the music scene in New Orleans, even though most of it isn't country? I think that New Orleans has something that's so unique that really I don't think you can find anywhere else in the world. And so even though it's not country music, it's just the fact that the type of music that it is is so inspiring and it helps you. I mean, like you can go downtown and listen to music and come back home and write. It just kind of opens you up and it's the vibe. It's the people. It's the flavor of the music, if I can call it that. I always say Nashville probably has a billion more dollars worth of equipment and it looks nice and it has the aesthetic and New Orleans is a little more grittier but it's got the heart and soul and flavor and culture and that you just can't pay for that anywhere. Yeah you just walk down to Frenchman Street at two o'clock in the morning and it's still going. So y'all grew up in a town called Poplarville, Mississippi. Tell me a little bit about life as a kid in Poplarville. Life as a kid in Poplarville was very interesting, yet very boring. There isn't much to do in Poplarville. So very young, we had to learn how to be creative. And I think that our childhood probably woke up our creative genes and stuff because, like I said, there wasn't anything to really do, so we had to find ways to entertain ourselves. So whether that would mean we do a makeshift baseball game, kickball game in our grandma's backyard, there was always something that we would just have to find ourselves getting into because that was the only way you were really going to have fun. But (laughs) Looking back, I thank God that we grew up in a small town like that. It's funny because I was literally just talking to our manager and his mom, and I said, growing up was hard because I used to always get whippings, I feel like, because of Tree. (laughs) Tree was always into everything. Like, she was a little too adventurous, but... Growing up was fun. I think I didn't realize, like, how fun and, like Dev said, how creative it was and that we had to be. And it was like we'd take, like, paper plates and make bases and T-shirts and you had a broomstick and that was it. Well, y'all have a song called American Pride that has this line, we played outside and that's where we came alive. Were y'all talking about Mississippi and Poplarville Mm with that song? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And the line right before that, I think it says, we take the back roads to the bottom And that's where they called Hearts Chapel. They say, we're going down to the bottom. And so we'd go down there and everybody would bring their kids. That's where it all happened. And so ultimately, how we even got our name Chapel Heart. So your name came from Hearts Chapel. Was that a road or was that an actual chapel? So that's like the community that our family lives in. Our home church is called Hearts Chapel Baptist Church. My grandma had 17 kids. There's 108 grandchildren. So literally we're all just our own little community down there. (laughs) So I got to ask y'all with that many cousins and that big a family, what did your family gatherings look like? Well, like I didn't realize this until I was an adult, but our family gatherings were almost like musicals. Everybody either sings or plays an instrument or something that has to do with music. And, you know, we grew up in the church. And so every time we got together, be it for a barbecue, a birthday, a funeral, anything, like eventually everybody would start singing. Our aunt would pull a piano out of her trunk and then we'd all gather around and we'd just start singing. It doesn't matter and what. those we- <laughs> who cannot sing cook. Once we finish singing, we eaten, and then we were able to go. So like the musical, I think, is a great way to describe it. Wow. 
All right. Well, y'all got to invite me down for one of those sometime. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Look, we'll have to get you for one of the big events, like Mother's Day or Christmas or something Ooh, like yeah. that. Like one of those. No, we got to warm him up with something like so like some, Start you in like <laughs> all them people. And it can be a little overwhelming. <laughs> so I got to ask, who was the cook or who were the cooks in your family? Oh my gosh, mm. a Merle. A well, Merle? I say Merle. Her name is Marilyn. And Marilyn. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, if I could, I could probably safely say. So, of the seventeen children, I think there's ten girls and, and seven, seven boys. Seven I think. Boys. And so, I don't think there is not a cook in the family. Like all the women had to have that skill, and a lot of the aunts have certain things that they cook that they're mm-hmm. bringing to the cookout, like Tree's mom. Potato salad. Potato salad. salad. All day, every day. And I I hate it because that means the day or two days before the cookout, she's got me peeling giant things of potatoes. (laughs) Who's like, how am I peeling all these potatoes? So, Tree's a singer, but she's really a potato peeler. (laughs) And I mean, like, just different people have that. And Merlin, like, Like dessert. She would make pistolets, the shrimp pistols. Oh my gosh, she'll forever be the person to bring those. GG will like you know all, she has variety. Yeah, devil egg like, like she's a oh my gosh she's a devil egg queen. I think she's not bad or her yeast rolls. Oh man, her rolls and her fried chicken. Every egg can do something well, <laughs> and so we just put those all together. Everyone just brings one. You already have ten dishes, so it's full of food and fun. It was a community effort. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so y'all are so close to New Orleans. Did you grow up with a bunch of Cajun food or was it more traditional Southern? Definitely traditional Southern. Like yeah. Okay. Deer, like coon, rabbit, coon rabbit, deer, <laughs> boar. You know, if it's in well, the woods, yeah. we ate it. Squirrels and all. I probably am half deer because, <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh, venison is good. I was forced to eat a lot of squirrel because we used to shoot them out the window. And mama had a rule, if you kill it, you cook it. And so I was forced to eat a lot of stuff that I didn't really want to starting now. should have. <laughs> So y'all go an hour, hour and a half down the road and you've got gumbo and po'boys and everything just changes. Uh-uh. So it's totally different. Yes, yes and no. Yes and no. To me, it felt like an elevated version of Mississippi. And in certain like ways, an extension of it. An extension yeah. is a great word. So I felt like an extension of Mississippi. It just kind of opened up to this world of like food and like people will tell me now, they're like, you got to tell me where to go in New Orleans to eat. I was like, you probably aren't going to want to go to the gas station that I'm about to send you to, but they have the best chicken in the world. And so they're like, what? The gas station? And so it's, but New Orleans has literally food pouring out of sometimes the strangest places that you can think of. It's one of the the best best. places to get steak in New Orleans. It's like this dive bar looking. And it's like tucked away in the middle of the, it's like if you're walking and you don't know where it is, you're going to miss it. You'll pass it up for sure. Yeah, those are the secrets. Those are those Southern secrets. Oh, yeah. But oh, then yeah. we started going down to Cajun country. Chicken crackling changed my life, okay? I didn't even know you could make chicken crackling. Right. Like- we always say music allows us to travel, but we really do this for the food. We got We try the food everywhere, and we love it, but it's like, and we get to sing part-time. <laughs> so y'all grew up spending a lot of time in church. I'm wondering if that really helped shape y'all as musicians and performers? 
I'd have to say definitely because like you say we went to church a lot. But we went to church literally seven days a week growing up. You had on Monday, you had senior mission. On Tuesday, you had like the men's meeting and brotherhood. Wednesday, you got choir rehearsal and Bible study. Thursday, you have prayer meeting. Friday, like every day there's something. Saturday was starlight. I mean, like the children's and the children's choir. And on Sunday, you didn't just go to church once. You went to Sunday school, 11 o'clock service, and then usually like 3 o'clock service. And maybe somebody else's church afterwards for their evening. Yeah, program. so we ultimately we went to school part time, and we're full time churchers. <laughs> wow, full time Baptist church kids. What were some of your favorite songs to sing in church? When we were in the youth choir, there is a song we sang called "I Will Sing," and it was something Ooh. about and like it started with like all the kids acapella. rocking and stomping in acapella, and it's something about that song. So if you can picture like. 80 to 100 youth kids singing in three-part harmony. It was amazing. That definitely by far, I think, is at least on the top three of all of our Oh, yeah. All of our like, I'm getting chills. How did that song go? Started out, started out. No, I didn't know what Keita said. You ready? Do yeah. you remember? She was so young. She, I know. She's like, I think she was the youngest person in the choir. She ain't right. for like 10 now, so I don't know. If she, oh, that's quite enough. <laughs> okay, let's see. One, two, three. I will sing hallelujah, I will sing oh Lord, I will sing hallelujah, oh Lord, for you are the source of my supply, Lord I'll praise, I'll lift you high. I will sing hallelujah, oh Lord. Oh, wow. Man, that's been forever, but... <laughs> Y'all, I got chills. I got chills from that. <laughs> it's long and it's Baptist long, so it's about um, a 15-minute song. So it's got, <laughs> it's got parts and stuff, so it's just... But it, it was, a lot going as a kid, on. it was definitely one of those... I was excited when they called it to sing. I think it was the stomping that did it. It's definitely the stomp. We did like an acapella stomp at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all might need to do a gospel album at some point. Come on. Uh, <laughs> people, our fans always ask us that, and I'm like, at some point we have to. Like, I got to work on my cussing, though. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> this one here. <laughs> it's still working. We're going to have to run, run off trees gospel songs through the song filter to make sure it's good to go. <laughs> I'll be back with more from Chapel Heart after the break. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and today I'm talking with the country vocal trio Chapel Heart. So I know y'all spent some time in a very different place busking on the streets in New Orleans, and there had to be a lot of highs and lows of doing that. What were some of the moments where you could tell that the crowd was really getting into it and it felt like something special is happening here? I think there were 
a lot more highs than lows. I think the only lows was whenever we'd have to like lug the piano across town <laughs> to get to the street to busk. But like one of those, oh my goodness moments was like, you'd see lots of buskers on the street. There'd be like, you know, a handful of people watching them, but it got to a point where the police would literally have to come and like usher people out of the street from blocking traffic and blocking the walkways. People would come, we heard you five blocks over and we had to like follow the music and see where it was coming from. It, I don't feel like maybe it had some lows, but like, I think we were so, maybe naive is the word, but we were just so grateful that people were coming to our little section of the street to come listen and we'd sing islands in the stream and like people were like oh my gosh it's country music it was our first dose of watching people experience music and watching people genuinely and joyfully like having the time of their lives listening to us you know sing to a (laughs) piano and cut up with them and have a good time For me, for sure, it was that moment where I was like, if this makes people this happy, I could do this for the rest of my life. And so here we are. And I've I've always felt like whenever we were busking, like I feel like busking is almost like one of the purest audiences you'll ever have because 100% of the people are going somewhere else. No one is going specifically to see you, but you manage to stop them, whether they're on their way to a meeting or on their way to dinner to meet a friend. They put their plans on hold and sometimes for hours and and just stand there and enjoy the music. And I'm like, this is nice. Don't you have somewhere to be? Right. (laughs) It's New Orleans. Everybody's ready to cancel their plans in New Orleans for some music. The best thing to do is to come without a plan because it will tell you what your plans are. (laughs) So I want to ask you all about your relatively new album y'all came out with this album called the girls are back in town it's so great and there's a song on there that i love one of many called i will follow what was it about that song that resonated with you and how did that end up on the album we've been in nashville for probably about three years now but we're now just kind of starting to get with bigger writers and kind of getting into that nashville circuit where you write with people who've had hits and stuff like that But we heard the song, I Will Follow, and when we heard it, it was literally like three lines in, and we were like, we'll take it. We were like, we don't even know how it works. I don't know if you have to type up the paperwork, if we have to thumb wrestle. And it's one of the very first songs that we heard, and instantly it spoke to our journey, and it was how we felt. And it was crazy because the guy who did the song, what what was his name? Nick Brophy Nick Brophy. And they were like, you know, we wrote this song 10 years ago, but I I saw you guys, and he was like, it made me think of it. Maybe it's nothing to you. He was like, but just take a listen. The instant from the moment that we heard it, we were like, we fell in love with it. It was the song of our journey. I think it's so interesting that they wrote it 10 years ago, but yet it is so relevant to exactly where we are right now. There's that line, you can't change the weather and you can't change where you're from, the color of the skin or the beat of your own drum. It seems very, very timely and very powerful right now. And what has it been like for y'all as Black artists in country music in this moment right now? It's been a journey. I feel like the industry's kind of split right now. I feel like there's still those in the industry who feel like this has worked for the last 300 years. And if it's worked then, it works now. So we don't need nothing new. We don't need to try nothing new. We ain't taking a chance on nobody new. (laughs) So there's that, but there's also a breeze 
and a wind of people in Nashville going, listen to these girls, listen at this. Close your eyes and listen at this. I don't care if they're black, but this music is, and they're saying when you open your eyes, there are black people who are making great country music. Why are we not letting them in? Why? Are, what is the holdup? But it's a excitingly strange time in country music right now. But we're super, super glad and honored to be a part of the conversation. Mom always told me, don't be afraid to shine. Don't you try to please no one except the one inside. No, you can't change the weather and you can't change where you're from. The color of your skin or the beat of your own drum. It's a great song and it it does feel like it really is talking about your journey and it's wonderful. It's crazy because I think even when our managers, I think they heard it and was like, okay, and just kind of the business side of it was like, well, you girls are writing great songs. Like, let's not get so excited. But once we kind of heard it out in production, they were like, nah, this is it. Like, you know what I mean? And they, it was just like, this is y'all song. So I know y'all been out on the road a lot. I think y'all were on tour most of last year. But what does it mean to you to come back and play a show back at home in Poplarville or back in New Orleans? It means the world to us because... It's kind of different whenever you travel somewhere and people who don't necessarily know you, they hear the music. It's like a first impression, but when you come back and you see people that you grew up with or you see your neighbors at the shows and having that personal connection with the people and seeing how our music touches their lives just as much, it's kind of incredible. It's a feeling that you really can't describe. <laughs> and I just want to share this. It was the most amazingly like hilarious and humbling story ever. So we got this message from, she graduated a little bit before us. She's a teacher now. And she was like, is there any way that y'all could jump on a FaceTime call with me real quick? And we're like, what? So like we're on the road and like trying to figure out how we're going to do it. So we just like pull over and we're like, hey, is everything okay? And she was like, I'm a Mississippi studies teacher. And today we were talking about famous people in Mississippi. And she said, first thing out of their mouth was Chapel Heart. And I was like, what? (laughs) So I was like, If we have fans nowhere else in the world, we've got some fourth grade fans that will go hard for us, okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, I want to ask you all about one more song on the album called Jackie's Song. And and it's a beautiful song. And it sounds like it comes from a real emotional place. What's the story behind that song? We were playing in New Orleans. We were just a cover band. And we had a keyboard player named Jake, Jake Gold. Jake's girlfriend was Jackie Stavis, and she was like all things golden. She was about five one, maybe I'll give her five three, maybe. No. So she's about five between five one and five three. And she was small, but she was mighty. Like in my mind, I could only imagine if I had that much courage, the person I would be. She's one of those people like you don't want to talk to before seven o'clock in the morning because she's just like, hey, how are y'all? You're like, bring it on down, okay? Not all of us are morning people. <laughs> but she was just golden. And at 28 years old, she worked for the Musicians Clinic and she went down to South Louisiana to work a festival and it started to rain at the festival and the weather got bad and uh, their tent got struck by lightning and she passed away at the age of 28 from lightning strike. Mm. But to know Jackie was like, of course she goes out in the most like 
in a, oh, never mind. I'm you know, like, saying a glow out in the blaze of glory. But like, like, it's but God, that's how she lived. She would have, she would have <laughs> described it. She would have described it that way. And um, but ultimately, yeah. kind of the thing for us was is that life doesn't have a respect of person. You could be here today and gone tomorrow, and it doesn't matter if you could be here today and be gone today. Yeah. Here today and gone today. And it was one of those places, especially for me. I had to say, like, if that were me. And I had to stand before God and he said, did you give it all you got? I, I would have honestly had to say no. We were just letting music happen to us. Like, you know what I mean? It'll happen when it happens. And the truth is, if you want to fulfill your dreams, you got to get up and chase them. That was what Jackie taught us. And her death gave us life to truly live. Because I, I mean... I think we were just kind of existing and we got to New Orleans and we were like, we're trying to put together a country band. They were like, nobody plays country music here. What are you doing? And so we just kind of settled. We were like, well, look, we'll just start a band and play all the music we like to hear on the radio. And we finally woke up and said, if we're ever going to do this thing seriously, if we're ever going to be taken serious as artists, we have to sit down and write the music that's in our heart. We have to write the music that's in our soul. And if people here don't get it, we'll go somewhere else. Worst case, we can just go back to being a cover band. We know we're good at that. So, But um, we took that leap and hadn't looked back. And thanks to Jackie, in a sense, it worked out for us. And here we are. Well, you can't hear that song and not get it. Even if you don't know the story, which I didn't, it's really something. It's a beautiful song. Thank you so much, Sam. And now y'all are playing songs with Billy Gibbons, too, <laughs> from yeah. ZZ Top. Yeah, that is still kind of unreal to think about. I got a call at five in the morning the other day, and I, I thought it was my alarm. I was like, why is it so early? And I looked, and it said, Billy, get Uncle Billy. And I was like, oh, hello? I was like, what? What are you doing up this early on? Well, he was getting ready to go to bed. Oh, <laughs> which makes it. But like, kind of like what Danica said, like if you just close your eyes and listen to the music, you'll just fall in love with the purity of it. And that's kind of how he got on board. Our booking agent sent him one of our songs and he didn't send a picture or anything. He just sent the song and he said that Billy usually never texts back. And if he does, it's like three months later, forgot the conversation, don't know what it's in reference to. But he said he texted him back immediately and said, this is some of the freshest stuff I've heard in over a decade. Who are these ladies? And then he sent him more music and then he sent him a picture and then he turned around and called him immediately. And he's like, you got to be pulling my leg. What? <laughs> what is this? What you are joking? And y'all recorded that song called Jesus and Alcohol, which is just about as country as it gets. I tell people I was a Baptist, but I was a rebel Baptist. So I did a little drinking, a little praying, all kind of, the Lord was very gracious with me. And <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in the middle. <laughs> well, listen, y'all, I just have one more question. I'll ask each one of you, what does it mean to you to be Southern? Devin, why don't I start with you? Oh, dang it. I was hoping you told me. Um, to me... A true Southerner, we are proud people. We are kind people. We are giving people. Especially getting to see the world, it makes you miss being in the South because there is a certain hospitality that you legit will not find anywhere else in the world. Tree, what about you? Deb said a lot, but I don't know. I think it's like just I the have speechless. It's 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 the community. It's the love. There are no strangers. There are only friends you haven't met yet. People from the South are generally thought of as like less than or they don't have as much or don't know as much. And it makes it that much easier for us to be accepting of other people and knowing that there's more to someone that meets the eye. 
Yeah. What about you, Danica? First of all, being Southern is the highest honor of on the badge chart to me. And it's because, like, you know what I mean? It's the warm heartedness. And like she said, you don't meet a stranger and we go places and we're there for literally sometimes less than a minute. And people go, okay, where y'all from? Like, okay, <laughs> just tell us where y'all are from. And, and there's a, there's a, I don't know, I feel like especially being from the South gives you like a, a spark for life. It makes you appreciate the things that you've never seen. It's Friday night at the football games. It's, you know, you went to high school with the, with the circuit court judge and the late, the, the head banker is your mom's best friend. And there's nothing like that in the whole entire world. And I get why people are running to get to New Orleans, running to get to Mississippi. And um, we were in Austria and uh, this lady came to our, our signing, our CD signing, and she said, this place called Poplarville, I must go. She was referring to the song Made For Me. And girl, you better come during Blueberry Jubilee or you ain't gonna get to see much. You ain't gonna get to see much else. There ain't too much going on. But. <laughs> That's great. Well, y'all couldn't have said it better. Devin and Tree and Danica of Chapel Heart. Thank y'all for being on Biscuits and Jam. Thank Thank you you so much. We hope y'all have us back. Hope we weren't too much. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all come back anytime. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Chapel Heart. You can listen to Chapel Heart's latest album, The Girls Are Back in Town, wherever you get music. And you can visit chapelheart.com for summer tour dates, social media, and more. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuitsandjam. 